0: This is Cybersound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity.
1: Welcome to Cybersound. I'm your host, Jason Puffall. Uh joined now as a regular star of, of the Cybersound podcast, uh, Michael Grandy, our CEO. Great. Uh, and we've got, next to me, uh, Rob McWilliams, uh, data privacy consultant who's worked with us now for, for a bunch of years. So, welcome, Rob. Thank you, Jason. Uh, and we've got Bill Roberts from the law firm of Day Pitney. Uh, Bill, thanks for joining today. Great. Thank you. Uh, so, we're going. I think we're going to have, I think, a, a, a privacy 101 discussion today, really. Like, what you know, what are practical privacy tips that hopefully right listeners can take away and say, all right, now I understand a little bit. What my obligations might be, and, and sort of a, a reasonable strategy on how to meet them. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cue it up quickly with you, Bill. If you could, though, spend I don't know a couple of sentences on what is privacy versus security, because I think people often conflate the two and don't know the differences.
0: Yeah, certainly, and that's actually something we see a lot as uh, attorneys, where people will sometimes say like, "You're oh, you're a cybersecurity attorney," therefore we. Um, need advice on what what firewall to be choosing. <laughs> right. Them. No, you don't hire an attorney for that type of work. So I I think the best way to think about data um, privacy is the rules and um, permissions that address how your data, your personal data is used, maintained, and disclosed. Um, the security is the safeguards this data security is the safeguards and the tools and the procedures to ensure that the privacy rules are being met to protect that data from unauthorized access, use disclosure, modification, and and so forth. So one is the principles regarding how your data may be used, and the other is the tools that are Designed
1: to ensure the privacy. Perfect. So, somebody knows that they have requirements or, or, or expectations to meet certain privacy laws. Um, is there? Is there's no federal law for privacy? Uh, I guess my first question is: You know, do, can we expect one at any
2: point in the near term?
1: Yeah. So, just oh, sorry. No. No. Sure.
2: Perhaps I'll will just say something quickly that. There- are sectoral federal laws, so there is HIPAA, um, theres gram is Gramm-Leach-Bliley, but they apply to particular sectors, health or finance. What we don't have in the United States um, is a comprehensive federal law, a sort of American GDPR, if you like. Um, I'd be interested to know what what everyone else thinks, but um, I personally don't see one of those on the horizon. Um, who knows what may happen after the elections at the end of this year? Um, but I I would be surprised if if that's if that's coming along in the near future. Um, so what we're probably going to be left with is a lot of state laws. Yeah, and one of the points, speaking as you know, a business owner is the confusion uh, amongst the sea of different, you know, sort of compliance or regulatory guidance and and what applies, what doesn't apply, you know, it can feel onerous. And obviously you're turning to experts uh, such as Bill and yourself, that that's what we would rely on, uh, you know, as a small business uh, for that guidance, you know, perhaps you can walk us through Bill, your approach and, and, and how how you uh, pay attention to those concerns of your clients.
0: Yeah, certainly. Um, so first, I just want to to, to echo what, what Rob said. I am not op- optimistic in any way that we will see a comprehensive federal law. I do think there is some um, growing awareness at the federal level that cybersecurity and data um, privacy rights are becoming burdensome, that they're becoming com- complex, often inconsistent, and the Biden administration Last summer, did start um, with baby steps on a cybersecurity law harmonization requirement um, or or project that hasn't gotten a whole lot of movement yet. But I think there's at least an awareness that businesses are struggling. I completely agree with Rob. Um, True relief in terms of a, a federal co- comprehensive law it is not coming anytime, time soon. So don't hold out, out out hope. But so when we're left with this, when we're left with this overwhelming, and it really is overwhelming number of state and federal and often local laws too. Like we see with biometrics a lot. Um. The. The most important first step is to pause and to consider two fundamental questions. Um, first is what Rob talked about when you were chatting right before this this started, is what types of data the company has. Are you talking about student data? Are you talking about patient data? Are you talking about consumer data, banking data, et cetera? Um, and then the, the, the related part of that is to understand what type of business you are in, and be go slowly and be careful and thoughtful about what laws you're actually subject to. So you want to think about how, like, so often these are the kind of, of questions that we we'll often go through with like a, a, a new client. First is, are you licensed? Do you hold a license by the state? Um, if, if yes, what type of license? Because many times data privacy laws, for example, in uh, behavioral health or substance use and healthcare, they follow from a state license. Um, are you a state contractor? If so, you may have flow down requirements from everyone from like the AG to the Department of Housing. Same thing for the feds. If you are a federal contractor. Um, you likely have some flow down requirements by virtue of that, of, of your contract, contractor status, the most famous of which is probably DOD. Um, then you want to think also about what type of industry are you in? Um, like Rob mentioned, there's a lot of se- federal se- sectoral laws. So you want to think about, are you in healthcare? Are you in education? Are you in finance, insurance? Um, you also want to think about kind of who you target are you target um in terms of your your customer base um do you look look do, do you you target towards minors do you um target um towards certain pop populations that maybe are outside of like the, the traditional healthcare provider insurer um context but you're doing a wellness app so you may fall under the FTC's breach rules for healthcare so there's a lot of like really fundamental due diligence steps that a business wants to, to be doing because the the worst thing to do is not to comply with the laws that you're, you're subject to. The second worst thing is to comply <laughs> with the laws you're
1: not subject to. You're just wasting your time and money. So don't be overzealous necessarily, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Uh, how, out of curiosity, how often do you see that though? So I feel like the conversations I have more often than not are We don't. We don't really know what we are supposed to do, and really haven't done anything. Uh, Do you run across a lot of companies that try to essentially over comply, or or are they just doing maybe the wrong things but not enough things?
0: Yeah, I would say it's not. It's more of um, more so the case by mistake. Yeah, where where where, um, businesses are complying with the laws they actually don't need to be, and we often see this in. Breaches, for example. So like a new company, and we've seen this unfortunately quite a a few times, comes to date, Pitney says we had a breach for being investigated by the Massachusetts Attorney General, for example. And we say, okay, start sending us some of your documents. And they send us their breach policy. And it's a HIPAA breach policy. But you're not subject to HIPAA. Um, so that's kind of more what I'm getting at. Um, there are times, and we do have some clients who do this, who do, for privacy reasons, go beyond what the law requires. But that's a business decision. That's Sometimes it's a, a marketing decision. I think more often is the case that companies are complying with laws they don't need to be by mistake. I think, hip, hip,
2: hip, I think HIPAA is a classic um, that – um, I know many people just thought, well, if, if it's got anything to do with health, it's covered by HIPAA. Um, and I- I just ignoring the fact that you have to be a covered entity or the business associate of a covered entity. And if you're not, you're not covered by HIPAA. Um, I guess the bad news to that good news is that increasingly, you if you, pro- if you collect and use health data um, and you're not covered by HIPAA, now the chances are you may well be covered by something else, whether for breach or for more general um, privacy compliance requirements. Um, Just one anecdotal thing about GDPR. I talked to an organization recently that said that they had sought advice about complying with GDPR. And this organization does have a requirement in this case to comply with GDPR, even though they are in the U.S. But the advice they got was on the one extreme was, oh, you don't have to comply. Nothing. There's nothing at all you have to do all the way to, there's this vast amount you have to do to comply with GDPR. It's going to you know overtake your organization for six months to do this. Um, and both bits of advice were completely inaccurate. And there was in fact, just something much more down the middle that they could do to cover everything they needed to do um, to protect themselves from GDPR exposures. Um, Yeah,
0: that's a a great point, Rob. um,
2: There's quite a lot of misinformation out there at times.
1: So um, thinking, you know, we have the, the sectoral discussion here, right? But states have adopted their own uh, privacy laws, right? And can one of you speak to you know, roughly how many states have at this point? Uh, and then I think maybe the, the slightly more important is you know, it, are there other are under, underpinnings generally? Are there things that sort of every state does and are there ways to sort of broadly understand and perhaps comply with some of the obligations the states put forth? Uh, in a way that's maybe straightforward, or you know, maybe easily addressable by the, the the common business owner.
2: Perhaps I could do the numbers and leave the difficult bit to Bill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did pretty broad yeah. at the end there, right? Yeah.
2: Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but I, I I think right now there are five states that have laws in effect, um, including California, Connecticut. Virginia, Colorado, Utah, if I've got them right. There are significant states coming into effect this year, including Texas. And there's another, is it Oregon, I think, is coming next yep. next year, thank you. And then in 2025, there's going to take, take it up to about 13 or 14 states in okay. total, including New Jersey, Actually, they may not be 2025, but they're the latest state that has said they're on the cusp gone, of having yeah. a, a data privacy law. And I'm sure that eventually, unless we do get a federal privacy law, that's just going to become like breach, that eventually every state will have its own privacy law, which will be burdensome.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure New Jersey was number thirty. So it's assuming if the governor signs it soon, I guess thinking it'll be, I think it was three, 665 days. So that'd be be first quarter 2025. Um,
2: okay. So they um, are next year. All right. Yeah. Yep. I think yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So there's, um, so yeah, so the, the theme here certainly is that there's a lot of laws being passed. These state based comprehensive laws. There are a couple themes. Um, so, we started out in the us with california ccpa then later amended by cpra we also had a um a slightly different grouping where virginia connecticut utah all very similar language like and there so there is some awareness of the difficulty here um so for example the connecticut law tracked very very closely sometimes word for word the virginia law which is i think wonderful you know there's there's no need to reinvent the wheel um but the but regardless of that awareness to try to to have consistency the laws are going in slightly different directions you have one in florida coming into effect in 2024 which doesn't even get much press because it only applies to companies with a gross revenue of like a billion plus or something, which is totally out of the norm for the other states. Except, you know, if you're selling data, there, it's it applies to a smaller group too. It's like called the Florida Privacy Bill of Rights. That's a, a bit different. You do have states like Washington State that have taken um, far more aggressive approaches, particularly with respect to health data than other states have um the new jersey law is loosely based upon the washington um act so you do you, you i think we're going to eventually have a couple buckets where like virginia connecticut new jersey and washington are mirroring but there is not a degree of consistency across the board where compliance with one guarantees compliance with with the the other the applications requirements differ for example. I think out of the 13, the only one that applies to nonprofits for some reason is Colorado. While others though, you have an extremely wealthy nonprofit is exempt while a relatively mid-sized for-profit business needs to come to, to comply. Um, so there's a little inconsistency con, con there. Um, but. Our approach is tends to be not only because it was the first, but that is in part, it's also because it's the most uh, developed and in many ways the most difficult to comply with. We tend to start, if a business is national in scope, um, we tend to start with California um, and then build off of that. So, what you know, there's various uh, approaches, but you may have your California private, you may have your standard national scope privacy policy have an addendum for california and then have another uh addendum which just tweaks it for residents of connecticut virginia utah and colorado um and then in the future we're going to be seeing more like particularly as rob pointed out texas is going to be uh bigger one again, Oregon and Delaware, we're going to see a small state, but still there's a lot of, of banking there. We're going to see a lot of, of impacts there.
2: In, in in a way, perhaps the approach in the US will become a little bit like the international approach has been, which is in, internationally, you take GDPR as your base um, and then tweak it as necessary if you're doing a lot of business in China or uh, Brazil or whatever, and that's mirrored in the U.S. with taking California as the sort of the big one and then changing as necessary. It was interesting to me that I think it was Colorado became the first state to build into its law the recognition of a universal opt-out mechanism. So... People may not be familiar with this, but in some browsers, for example, you can check a box that says, do not do not track my data. Now, I'm not saying that this is one of the universal opt-out mechanisms that will be recognized, but that's the principle that right. you, you could say once, don't track my data, um, and that any business thats that you're connecting to with your browser picks up that signal and then, and then you've... Given your instruction right, that you're right, no, right, not right. not to be tracked, yeah. and I think Connecticut has something to say about it, but I can't remember what it is. Um, but uh, so those those could be coming along too, which will be, I imagine, very important for retail mm-hmm. business, particularly.
1: So are that maybe because I think we're coming up against time. So are there two or three? Hey small business, mid-sized business, you must at least do this, right? Regardless of HIPAA, regardless of GLBA, right? Regardless of what state, uh, I think we all have an obligation to, you know, protect the data that we collect potentially. Uh, Are there some underpinnings or some, you know, really fundamental advice that you might want to give in case somebody's listening and says, ah, I I think I can do that. And that's a good place to start. I'd say you want to begin a documented process,
0: because if you're not in a state in which you are confident that you are in full com- compliance, now, granted, being in full compliance often lasts like three weeks anymore, right? With things changing, um, but should something occur, should you have a breach, for example, or a, a lawsuit, and this is a increasing risk, we're seeing more and more lawsuits. It's sort of like the new slip and fall type of case. Um, you want to be able to demonstrate to a jury, a judge, or a like in, in a, an attorney general that you are taking privacy seriously. That you have a program in place. Yes, we may not be at a hundred percent compliance, but we have a committee. Depending on the size of your business, we have a person in in charge. Building that structure, that base, I think is really vital because the worst thing to do is to say when you have a breach and they ask for your privacy program or you're being sued is that what privacy program right i've done nothing you know we've done nothing so you really want to start building the bones of your having a governance um, structure even if it is just one one person
2: i completely agree with that and i think a fundamental component of it Um, is an inventory of the personal data that you collect and use. And unless that inventory comes up with really basic processing, um, and particularly if it comes up with the processing of of sensitive data like um, health or biometrics or whatever, um, then you, you absolutely have to have that program that Bill referred to. And I think the other thing i throw in is don't make promises that you don't fulfill because a lot of businesses have old privacy policies stuck up on their websites that say they don't do things that perhaps they do. Um, And or they sign contracts because they're desperate to get that first customer in that commits them to do certain things and then they put it in a drawer and nothing. Get get happens with it, so I think that's very important too. Um, and there was something else that was on my mind, but it's that, escaped
1: me. But I think no. I mean I think that you know that's <laughs> practical, right? You can't protect what you actually don't know you have. So right. you know that inventory is is certainly critical. And I think you know we see it all the time, just in in general security policy, where people have these grandiose ideas of you know, what they're going to do from a security standpoint, but then actually don't meet any of the things they've written down, which is, you know, arguably, wor- arguably worse. So, yeah.
2: It's come back to me. What I was going to say is it, it, artificial intelligence obviously is huge now. And if you're planning to do artificial intelligence that utilizes data sets that contain personal data, particularly sensitive personal data, then you should be getting privacy advice now.
1: Uh, so I can't take all of our personal data and just simply paste that into Chat GPT and say do something with this. That's that, that's unacceptable.
2: But I hunch it might be. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, you think maybe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: whatever you feed it, it owns that. data. <laughs> yeah. right. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, and not only for personal data. Um, it's also just one little tip too. If I know AI is probably a topic for a future session. Here we could talk about that for hours with right. respect to privacy, but corporate data. Um, some one other tip is while privacy laws tend to focus on personal data for many valid reasons, when you're dealing with things like AI and security, don't forget about your corporate data. Um, your employee data is crucial, of course, but if you're a defense company, of one product and your blueprints are stolen your trade secrets are stolen, that's also significant so while those are generally not covered by the laws we're talking about here they are often slow down requirements for state and federal contracts and they're just important to keep your your lights up
1: right yeah I mean then that's honestly a great point we're, we're talking so much about you know the regulatory requirements but some of this is simply Best practice, like how do you protect the data that your business actually cares about, uh, and and being mindful of that. And, and again, I'd say you know, starting with an inventory is a big help. So, um, I think actually, I, I think I'm going to hold you to that AI uh, conversation because because clearly there's a lot of opportunity to talk about the privacy risks there, and you know everybody's interested in in how to use it in the LLMs and all of this. So,
0: yeah, I just spent an hour. Um, yesterday during an interview, talking about this very topic, okay. so it was very,
2: very fresh. Sorry, so we should
1: do it sooner than later while it's top of mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
2: maybe, maybe you could just bring GBT onto the uh, yeah. onto special the guest star. Well, exactly.
0: Yeah, just really quick though. During the interview, I tested it and I asked Bard if it's a cybersecurity risk. Bard said yes, it can be a cybersecurity. Uh. I asked ChatGPT that same question and said,
1: "Absolutely not." Huh. So, okay. So um, you, you answer shopped. You yeah. can decide what. Microsoft it. <laughs> and Google have different perspectives. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling Bard as being the more honest of. It um, does it too. Yeah, it does seem that way. Uh, so, all right. I think I think some good stuff here for for people to sort of take away. Um, I appreciate boiling down some of the the state rigs a bit as well. I think that's a huge help. Um, Bill, I appreciate you joining. Uh, for sure, uh, we will follow up with that AI conversation. I mean, that's top of mind here. I, th- I think the one that'll be really interesting to have. Um, and uh, Rob, thank you for your perspective here. Uh, yeah, and, and and hopefully, right. If anybody has any any questions, you know, feel free to follow up with us. Uh, you know, comment. We we check comments, so we're happy to uh, to respond there. Uh, you know, follow us, like us, do all the things that you know, help get this a little bit more visibility because I think the data is great. Um, And until next time, everybody, I appreciate you listening and uh, have a good afternoon. Great. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks.
0: We'd love to hear your feedback. Feel free to get in touch at Vancord on LinkedIn.
1: And remember, stay vigilant, stay resilient. This has been Cybersound.